0: If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside Podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day to day routine, there's something for everyone. Ah, hot cocoa, sledding down snow covered hills, the cheer of the holiday season. Yeah, we all love this magical, festive atmosphere, if it happens in winter, not summer. But what have you found yourself staring at frozen streets during what should be the hottest time of the year? Sounds exactly like that. A fun what-if-thought experiment that's purely hypothetical. But this time, it's not. Welcome to 1816, the year without a summer. Europe. It's June, and Londoners are waking up in a fantastic mood. Because today is the first day of summer. You're excited too, because you have all kinds of plans for this beautiful day. You get out of bed, and after a good breakfast, you get ready to head out on a day of fishing. You open the front door, only to be blasted in the face with a cold, snowy wind. Well, that's really odd. But all you can do is shrug your shoulders, blame the abnormal weather on some random cold front, and cancel that fishing trip. Eh, there's always tomorrow days go by, and the weather still hasn't changed. Your June seems to have mistaken itself for January. No fun outdoor activities, no swimming, no picnics, no summer. The city is making the best of it and enjoying the unexpected shift of seasons. Kids throw snowballs, couples ride horse-drawn sleds through the streets, and you happily read a book by the fireplace after a long and cold day of fishing. But only the beginning is so good. After a few weeks, the sudden winter starts to really bother people. Crisis begins all over Europe a few months later. The Thames is frozen. Farmers across the continent are losing their harvest to frost and lack of sunshine. Cows can't feed on fresh grass, so they can't make milk. Snowstorms and blizzards could knock you over. There are such severe frosts at night that dangerous ice forms on the roads by the morning. All the food shops are closed because there is no food. Luckily, you have a lot of frozen fish thanks to those chilly fishing trips you endured all summer. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, if Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news, But nobody has any money. Factories and plants have stopped due to the anomaly frost. And that frost makes it difficult to get through the icy streets. It's even harder to feed the horses that pull the carriages. Cars won't be around till another 70 years, mind you. Over in Germany, inventor Karl Dreis is struck with an idea. He creates the first prototype of the bicycle. It doesn't have pedals. You just kick your feet off the ground to use this walking machine. But that it works. Perhaps we should have the summerless year to thank for inspiring Drace to gift us with what would become our beloved bikes. Yeah, tell all that to Switzerland. They've long declared a state of emergency. Always looking to look on the bright side here. Where would be today without the historic wintry summer of 1816? A group of friends have come here on vacation. They wanted to have some fun on the sunny shores of Lake Geneva. But instead of this, they're stuck indoors the whole time. It was cold and stormy outside the window, so naturally, they decided to read their own scary tales to each other for fun. Among these people were Lord Byron and Mary Shelley. He wrote an apocalyptic poem called Darkness, and she came up with her novel Frankenstein. Anyway, you're not hanging out with writers and poets without a care in the world. You need money, so you decide to sell all your property. Your beautiful house, the barn, all your livestock, even your boat. But instead of the fortune it's all worth, you barely get anything since the currency has fallen. But you get enough for a cheap ticket to leave the old world and head to America. Sorry, but North America is abnormally cold, too. Hurricanes with hail. Heavy downpours in the spring, frost and snow in the summer. Cornfields are frozen, stocks of food are depleted, thousands of people migrate to the south. Some very northern states like Vermont are almost empty. Well, that was a wasted trip. This time, you know exactly where to go to escape this infinite winter. Asia. Eh, again, bad idea. You've come to China, and what do you see? Monsoons have wrecked the provinces. Heavy rains have flooded rice paddies. There's frost and snow every night. It seems like there are no warm or safe places on the entire planet. But then, you remember that your old friend lives in India. It can't be cold there. Indeed, there's no snow, no rain, and no frost. Instead of this, a severe drought has begun here due to the long winter in other parts of the globe. Ah, come on! You scrap up the last amount of cash you can and buy a ticket to Latin America. Hello, Costa Rica! At long last, you see perfect weather. The Caribbean coast is incredible! For the next 6 months, you sunbathe and make a living on fishing. That's when a vacationing young British couple tells you that the longest winter is finally over. You love your new life here, but you still decide to go back home to Europe and try to figure out what on Earth caused summer to disappear completely? Well, there are three factors that came together to create the ultimate winter apocalypse. 1. From 1795 to 1820, there was minimal sun activity. At the beginning of the 19th century, the Earth received far less energy from the sun than ever before. Due to the lack of solar heat on the surface of our planet, The average temperature decreased by about 3 to 5 degrees Fahrenheit. Doesn't seem like much, but it is enough to send the northern hemisphere into a mini ice age. 2. The temperature of the seas and oceans decreased as well, because of that sun problem. As a result, all the winds changed direction. The Atlantic's Gulf Stream Current deviated from its usual path, and stopped heating the shores of Western Europe with tropical winds and waters from the south. 3. Last, but certainly not least, there was the main reason for the long, long winter of 1816 – volcanoes. It all started four years ago, in 1812. That year, a volcano on the island of St. Vincent in the West Indies awoke from its slumber. A second on Sangir Island in Indonesia woke up too. Then, in 1813, a third volcano in Japan shook the sleep off itself – And yet again in 1814 in the Philippines, a fourth fiery mountain decided to join others. The temperature on the planet plummeted because of all the volcanoes. However, all of them were babies compared to the main boss. The previous spring on April 10, 1815, Indonesia's Mount Tambora exploded in a fiery rage. A few hours later, The entire island of Sumbawa was covered with a layer of volcanic ash almost 5 feet thick. And this was only the beginning. 60 square miles of ash were thrown into the atmosphere. It covered the sky with such a dense layer that it was able to block the sun's rays like a giant curtain over the sky. Now, volcanic ash is unusual. It's not the same ash that forms when you burn something. A volcano spews out a lot of chemical elements from the depths of our planet. And some of these elements are poisonous for living creatures. In fact, volcanic ash has an entirely different chemical structure. Ordinary ash can be washed off with water easily. But if you try to wash volcanic ash off, it almost turns into cement. And because of these highly dangerous substances in volcanic ash, acid rain can start. Breathing such air is dangerous for a person's health. Also, aircraft can't fly through a volcanic cloud. However, the ashes will settle on the ground sooner or later. And here's where the good part begins. The ash a volcano leaves in its wake contains not only dangerous substances, but useful ones as well. The ash falls on the ground, and this soil becomes very rich. Even after large catastrophic eruptions, like in 1815, the vegetation of the planet is quickly restored. Such soil is especially favorable for growing grapes, so I guess that's one way to look on the bright side. The moral here? When you get a kick in your volcanic ash, instead of whining about it, just start a winery.